This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Blurring the Lines. I am your host slash co-host, whatever you want to call me today, Peter Nicolaitis. <laughs> and as always, Adam Bell, uh, my, hey, Peter. My, my other host slash co-host is here. <laughs> <clears throat> today, we are going to talk about working from anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. So not just working from home, not working remotely, not working at the office, anywhere. 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 Well, it's actually never been easier to do it, to be able to work from anywhere with good productivity than it is now. What do you, what do you think? Uh, given the fact that I do, uh, I would say, 90 plus percent of my work from my home or from a coffee shop or from wherever I happen to be with a laptop and a cell phone, I would have to agree. <laughs> well, and, you know, I ran this company for, okay, so we, 2008. So we've been in, we're, we're getting ready to finish up our eighth year. Six years, we all worked from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we well, didn't I, I remember when you got the, uh, when you got the office. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. uh, we'll probably talk about that. Like, you know, there are obviously are some virtues of working in an office, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but there's also, I'd say virtues for not working in an yeah. office. Um, what, what would you say? What, what are some of the reasons? Why would, why would you want to work from anywhere? And particularly if you own your own business mm-hmm. or you are a manager of staff and they want to work from anywhere and by anywhere, I mean, not here, mm-hmm. not in the office. Why would you or would you not want to let them do that? Well, um, we'll go with the why you woulds first, mm-hmm. um, because because there are reasons not not to let everybody work from home. And but uh, you know the productivity comes up, uh, and it's also a it is a uh, it is a double edged sword being able yep. to work at home uh, because if I if I call my tech you know, at seven o'clock at night, while I don't do that very often, um, my expectation is that they're going to be able to fix it right away. Whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the issue is, they're going to be able to call and help the client. So it is nice. You you roll out of bed, you roll up to your computer with your coffee and you just get rolling. Mm -hmm. So, and, and we use Skype so yep. our voice, so we've got our phone call, we've got our computer for our remote access, and we can just start rolling through the tickets and calling people and fixing their problems without having to go anywhere. Yep. And, and that is a very good thing. And employees mm-hmm. like it too. They mm-hmm. do like being able to work from the comfort of their own home. Uh, they, you know, they like being able to wear whatever clothes they want to wear, <laughs> you know. They can take the dog out. There's, you know, there's even family situations where, you know, the kids can't go to school today for it's half day or whatever. And, you know, the kids are upstairs. You got your private, you know, so obviously you got to be out of the the early child rearing years where babies are bothering you. But my teenagers don't bother me at all. They're in Mm -hmm. the house, but 
but they're not bothering. Yep. So the so those are the really good things about being able to work from anywhere. Yep. Couple of drawbacks <laughs> of working from anywhere and rolling out of bed, not having shaved, get started working. You haven't really positioned yourself to go speak to a client. <laughs> you know. And and I've I've I mean I'm guilty of it as well. I've gotten up and you know, it's like, oh, I got a client meeting at nine o'clock. It's eight o'clock. I have not showered. I have not shaved. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's that's not really a, a factor of you know not being at home. I mean, I've worked in plenty of environments where the uh, environment was extremely casual. Mm-hmm. But if we were going to be meeting with a client or something, we spiffed up. You know, in yeah. general, you know, at, at our office, at our Vermont headquarters right now, um, you know, there's no dress code. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, but we, you know, for anybody who might be customer facing, they have a suit on site, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I keep some razor blades on site too in case they need to slip <laughs> their wrists. I mean, they need yeah, to shave. They need to shave. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, we don't have a, a dress code. It's like, you know, you want to wear a T-shirt to the office and sneakers and shorts? I don't care. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, too, that we mentioned that, too. Uh, well, we'll talk about dress code some other day. But anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, so you so you say uh, there's a, a slight um, drawback that maybe you're not ready to meet with a client right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see that as a, a real big, I mean, cause that, that could happen if you're in the, in the office too. Yeah. Mike, Mike Michalowicz, the author of the pumpkin plan, you recall, he used to have an IT services company mm-hmm. and, uh, I think it was forensics or something. I forget. But, uh, he said that, uh, he, he loves to tell a story how they had a, uh, like a, a PA system or an intercom system and, if a uh, if the assistant said something like you know Mr. Smith you know you have a call on line two that was code for a client is in the building <laughs> and so then all of his technicians would run and put on lab coats and and they would turn on the lights like all the Christmas tree lights that they had in their computer rack and make it look all awesome and stuff so they would like look busy but <laughs> yeah you know there you go that's all that was all just appearances yeah kind of makes me want to get a lab coat though yeah <laughs> so. yeah well so yeah so you work from home um or you work from the office mm-hmm. uh, what else well and well, what I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit was how I'm able to do that. So what mm-hmm. technologies am I employing to do that? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of, you know, I'm doing a lot of cloud portal. You know, I've got my course in support. You know, I'm a, a services company. So I've got uh, I've got my portal. I use Autotask. So I've got my ticketing system there, which I can get to from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I use Google Drive for all of our collaboration between us employees Mm -hmm. uh to you know store the information that we need so that's a that's another cloud service yep our email is living in google apps so there's another you know our calendar our contacts um is all hosted by somebody else it's somebody else's problem Okay, so I was what I was going to say. I was going to interrupt you there for a second, just to clarify, because you know uh, a lot of our listeners are not all that techie uh, as we are. <laughs> but um, you talked about your tools that you you have a cloud portal, 
and you have something called Autotask and you have Google Drives. And like you said, those are cloud services. Now cloud, if you have a business or you're in business, you have heard cloud. Mm -hmm. And if you've talked to 10 people, you've probably gotten 10 different definitions as to what cloud means. Um, essentially though, what it boils down to is a cloud service or cloud server or whatnot means that it's not in your office, <laughs> yeah. right? Really, it just means it's somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And if you use a service like Gmail, if you use a service like Skype, like we're recording this podcast on, uh, if you use something like uh, Evernote, or if you're even just using a website like Facebook, a service like that, those could, according to you know some definitions, those could be considered cloud services. Mm -hmm. Your computer is not running Facebook, right? Yeah. You're just a web browser. You're just looking at Facebook. It's over somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, your computer, you don't have Google Drive installed running off your machine. You know Your files are up in the Google Cloud. Mm -hmm. um, lately, we've been doing a lot of work with Amazon and Amazon Web Services. I mean, that mm -hmm. is like the epitome of cloud right yeah. there. <clears throat> so essentially, though, it's services that are accessible over the internet from someone else is essentially what boils down to, you know, a cloud service. Mm -hmm. You yeah. also mentioned taking remote control of client systems and stuff, rolling out of bed and stuff. And again, that's, that's uh, remote control, you know, over the internet, remote access, remote administration. Mm -hmm. um, that's huge. And that's something I use all the time too. Yeah. Uh, email, email was probably the first popular cloud service that people never realized was, you know, we never, we never called it a cloud service. Yes. Yeah. But it is, you know, uh -huh. email lives somewhere else. It's on someone else's servers and stuff. So, okay. Um, so, again, just wanted to get a couple little clarification in case less techie people were wondering what we're talking about with these cloud things and what auto task is and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I like your definition, you know, somebody else's server. That's mm -hmm. the cloud. <laughs> that's, that's it. Because, you know, people will get into things like service level agreements and uptimes and SLAs and clustering and redundancy and all kinds of stuff, which you will often maybe normally find on a cloud service. But there's no definition that says, you know, that, that thou shalt... To be, to be considered a cloud server, you must have multiple data centers in you know, separate geographic regions with at least three availability zones and a failover methodology to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you really don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just got to be not at your place. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so then it's a hosted service or a cloud service. So mm -hmm. there you go. So what other stuff do you do? And, uh, you know, like how do you, how does, how does your remote, how does your work anywhere manifest for you? Um, well, what do you mean? So like, so, um, you were talking about, well, you, you said, uh, actually you, you talked about the cloud services that you use. What mm -hmm. about, um, what about mobile devices and cell phones? Okay. Yeah. So, well, and we've got iPads and iPhones and even Android devices. So, uh, so the guys are able to get their email calendar contacts all on their phones. Mm -hmm. They're able to do, they're able to do even some of the, uh, the remote access stuff. They can do the remote access from their phones, get on the clients, get on their own gear. Um, and then even the ticketing system is yep. available on their mobile devices, which mm -hmm. is, is really good. Yep. Um, 
you know, as a security precaution, of course, I'm able to disable those mobile devices should I need to. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you how you you know what you're doing to to manage those things because that's the, the 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 trick with mobile devices is that they're mobile. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know they can very easily fall into the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you know they're locked down. That you can do what's called a remote wipe, so mm -hmm. that if they you if it does get lost or stolen, you can say boom, die. Yeah, and um, you know there's a lot of security precautions that we won't get into the two technical things, but. Mm -hmm. Dear Lord, before you just let your employees or your staff just grab and you know, bring their own computer or their own iPad or put your email on their own phone, mm -hmm. have some policies in place because if you don't, you are just begging for a world of hurt down the road. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we used to have to VPN in. And now everybody, you know, if you ever ask any client, they say, well, we want to be able to, we want to be able to VPN. I mean, they, they at least know that term. They say, mm -hmm. we want to be able to VPN. Like, well, let's talk this out. You know, like the mobile devices, you don't have to have a VPN tunnel unless you're going through your company. you got to get the headquarters because the portal's private. Yeah, you got to have VPN. But it is nice with mobile devices on the two-factor authentication kind of deal. they got to punch in a PIN and their password. They don't always like that, but it definitely makes a huge difference in being able to get in from mm -hmm. anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I've also, um, you know, I travel out of the country. I, well, I travel to Mexico every summer, mm -hmm. and then I like to go out of the, out of the country in the fall. Uh, but one of the things is I can't always do my two-factor authentication because I can't get a text message. Well, I don't want to pay for a text ah. message. <laughs> okay, so let me, let me stop you again for a quick second. So two-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. Um, so another concept in security, everybody, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows what, um, what passwords are, right? Yeah. Now passwords are an example of a factor, a single factor. And that is something that you know. All right. So, uh, passwords are great. Uh, actually, no, they suck. <laughs> they're, they're, <terrible. laughs> they're, they're what we have, but, but they're horrible. Um, the problem with passwords is that if anybody else knows the password, they effectively become you. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, so like Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, you know, the password <laughs> was Sesame and boom, the magic cave opens up. Wonderful. Anybody who knows the password can get in. Mm -hmm. uh, think medieval times, you know, halt, who goes there? You know, uh, identify yourself. You know, what's the password? They know the password. Oh, come on in. <laughs> yeah. Bring, bring that Trojan horse right inside. That's wonderful. <laughs> Park it right out there in the, in the gate. Um, so, and it's helpful to have another factor. So we hear two-factor or multi-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. So other factors are things like something you have. Mm -hmm. So in addition to knowing a password, something you know, you have another factor, which is something you have. So if your cell phone, for instance, is configured to receive a text message, um, you know, from some, some service that you want to log into, that's an example. Mm -hmm. um, you may also have uh, an app such as the Google or other authenticator. Mm -hmm. uh, if you work with a larger firm, you may have a little RSA key fob, a little dongle, which has a six-digit code that changes every minute. Mm -hmm. uh, those are all examples of something you have, a hardware token of some sort. And again, it's something you can't just know your physical password. You also have to have something. 
Um, and then other factors that you know we might get into just real briefly before I get too far down the tangent would be uh, something you are essentially biometrics. Mm-hmm. So uh, an iris scan, a retina scan, a voice print, a thumbprint, a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, a, that's an example of another factor. Uh, or some place you are. For instance, you can only log in to this secure server from that computer over there in that room. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are different factors that you have. So you've got two-factor authentication, but but you're cheap, so you don't want to pay for that when you're in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pay for that when I'm in Mexico. <clears throat> so, well, and not all all services do this, but a lot of them do. You already mentioned the Google Authenticator, so you could have this app that's mm-hmm. on your phone, and yep. it's got a synchronization code, and you can pull it up and enter in your secondary code. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Google also offers an offline list of codes that you can yep. use one time. And a a lot more people are doing that because it makes sense. you got a list of like 12 authentication codes. Mm -hmm. And I just log, you know, I'm not logging in a lot while I'm in Mexico. I mean, I would. Why would you? (laughs) Why would I? (laughs) But, yeah, so I can use those codes, cross them out, but then i got a list of them. So, you know. Now, to clarify something that you said, though, that's not a replacement for a VPN. Oh, two-factor no. authentication is it's it enhances knowing who you are. But what a virtual a VPN or a virtual private network does is it locks down your connection. It secures the connection, so it's all encrypted in transit and stuff. Yes. So two so FA is it's a it's a supplement for authentication and identification, whereas a VPN is security and privacy on top of that. Right. Yeah. It's, so just because you put in a password doesn't mean it's a secure connection. So. Oh, it sure does not. <laughs> so, so you talk about VPNs, mm-hmm. and those are traditionally have been like a way to connect, for example, from an employee's home, you know, internet connection to the corporate offices. Right. Right. Um, but they can also be site to site VPNs. Like if you have multiple branches, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in the day, and some people still do this, you know, you could buy heavy, you know, uh, expensive leased lines from mm-hmm. point to point from your telephone company. Um, nowadays, you can get similar, sometimes better performance for a fraction of the cost by just going a public internet connection mm-hmm. and est- establishing a virtual private connection through those. Uh, so that's another uh, option there. Well, and that's that's exactly <laughs> what I do. So from my home office to my headquarters office, mm-hmm. I've got a firewall to firewall VPN tunnel. Yep. And and it only allows a very specific set of traffic. So mm-hmm. I'm only allowing traffic from like my work computer yep. to the computers at the office and only the server at the office specifically. Yep. So that way, like if my kids got malware on their computer yep. on my network it's they can't get to my server no matter what they do Bingo. so yep and i do something similar i have a guest wireless network and then i have my network but i <clears throat> actually recently i've stopped doing the um the the point-to-point vpn if i uh, when i need to connect to the office i just use the software client on the computer mm-hmm. yeah and it gets me there yeah okay so so let's see uh how do well I'd like to talk a little bit about enterprise because the inter- if there's people listening enterprise are like, well, this is, I don't care about this. I can't do any of that stuff without my VPN tunnel to get into the office and mm-hmm. it routes all my traffic and mm-hmm. everything else. So that is, I mean, that's how I've got a larger client and they require VPN for everything. 
You can't even get your email without the VPN. Great. <laughs> Perfect for security. I was going to say, I'm, you're not, you don't hear Mr. Security here. I'm not complaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is kind of a bummer at times because they uh, they don't allow any, um, shoot, what's it called, where you segment the gateway to only allow traffic. Split tunneling. There's no split tunneling occurring. So all it the traffic, everything yeah. goes through, which is good. I mean, from a security standpoint, it's more yes. secure, and that's the way that it should be. If I were running a corporate IT infrastructure, I would require my users to filter through my system. It's more uh, secure, but it's less usable. Less usable. <laughs> yep. So it does it does hinder the users somewhat in that they have to establish a VPN tunnel before they can do their email. But yep. in re in reality, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. It's a it's another step they've got to accomplish. They got to connect the VPN. Yep. But there's there's a benefit in that, and mm -hmm. what 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 end users may often you know they see as just oh such a headache. Why do I have to do this? Well, <clears throat> your company very well may be scanning all of the traffic coming and going from your system to make sure that your workstation has not been compromised. Mm -hmm. They may be making sure that you're not sending you know thousands of spam and phishing emails because your machine had a virus on it. And mm -hmm. you know they're locking it down. Uh, they may be ensuring that you are adhering to the company's uh, wireless uh, or uh, web surfing policy mm -hmm. because you have to go through their content filter. So you know there's definitely reasons for that, no question. Um, and you know hopefully your co your company has a sane policy governing that sort of thing. Yeah. But one thing I would like to stress though is you know if your company does have these policies and stuff like that, please don't try to bypass them <laughs> that stuff can get you fired and you know frankly if you have a legitimate need if you think you have a legitimate need for for bypassing this something you really should talk to management about that and mm -hmm. you know see if you can make your case and get it done but don't go up against it you know don't, <laughs> don't go, and i'm not saying that oh it's a losing battle i'm just saying like you can cause so much harm and trouble <laughs> and damage if you do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those things were, hopefully these controls were put in for a reason. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you don't have some, you know, administrator who just likes making your life difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, I know some of those people are out there, but hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so you have some who don't support what's called split tunneling. So any any connection in, has to make through the VPN. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hey, if you're surfing wirelessly, like in a Starbucks or something like that, that's, uh, that's good. It's good security for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean... I don't. I think we hit it in your in a security podcast that we did about getting hijacked while at at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. We don't want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, as far as being able to work from somewhere else, there are a lot of phone systems now that support using the VoIP over your phone, over your yep. cell phone, Voice and that over IP. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you don't. Well, and. It used to be that the bandwidth on the cell phone was so low that the quality was very poor. Right. Well, with with the LTE, you know, 14 meg, if you're getting a good a good mm -hmm. three four bar signal, you've yep. got plenty of bandwidth for VoIP. Yep. yep. And if your company's got a larger phone system, they probably support uh, the app on your phone, so yep. you're it looks like you're calling from the office. If yep. you're in sales and marketing, you definitely want to be appearing to call from the from the office so that 
<laughs> All these people don't have your cell phone number, and they oh. never call the office. <laughs> oh, no, Adam. I thought you knew salespeople better than that. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a single salesperson that I have worked with who hasn't at least at one point sent, uh, you know, used their, their Yahoo.com email address, <laughs> their personal cell phone, and, yeah. uh, you know, oh, geez. Salespeople are, they are the most, you know, and, and the reason is they, they want to, they want to make the sale. They mm -hmm. want to be accessible, mm -hmm. but also sales has a lot of turnover. Yeah. So it's really nice for them to be able to keep that contact list that they had. <laughs> so that when they go to work to the competitor, they can carry it with them. Yeah. You know? Take their list. I uh -huh. know. See, I'm thinking of it from the business owner standpoint, not the salesperson standpoint. So yeah. 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 That's yeah, where you're... I mean, having having that. Well, one thing is, you know, we generally have a company policy that forbids um, making company-related calls from anything other than a company phone number. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason is is quite simple. Um, I've worked with a number of clients over the years who have said, you know, I, I just want your cell phone number. I promise I won't abuse it. I'm like, well, okay. Here's the problem with that. <laughs> your idea of abusing my phone number and my ideas are probably, I assure you, are wildly different. <laughs> because, because in my world, if you call my personal cell phone number, you're abusing it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, so what the other, the, the problem though, the reason that this is a problem is that if someone calls, you know, like my personal cell phone number and say, I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. Number one, people don't listen to voicemail greetings. They leave a voicemail <laughs> message. I don't get back to them for three weeks. They're livid. Mm -hmm. And somehow that's my fault. <laughs> yeah. right? So by me not giving them my cell phone number in the first place, I make it so they have to go through the front door. You have to call the main line where somebody mm -hmm. will get back to you when I'm on vacation. Yeah, yeah. And and incidentally, they'll get back to you when I'm not on vacation too. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the really cool part. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a side thing, but I've I've had uh clients say, "Well, we want to deal with you. We only yep. want to deal with you." Like, mm -hmm. "You know what? I'm not the most qualified person in the company to fix your problem." <laughs> I I I as, as a small business owner, I've had to have that same conversation myself several times and people don't listen. But uh, <laughs> at, at Paradigm it's been pretty much a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. When when someone has been here long enough that they, you know, an email comes in and they ask for somebody else, we're like, aha. <laughs> Congratulations, you know, you you've just passed your first uh, you know, however many day review it has been. <laughs> yeah. You know, clients are starting to ask for you now, not me. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's so, awesome. Yep. Okay, so let's see. What else can we do from remote? So we can well, we access. Remote access. We covered email. We mm -hmm. can access anything on the internet. Uh, we've got the phone system dialed in. Mm -hmm. uh, whether we're using VPN services to access internal resources or we're using cloud, you know, technologies to access files on, say, something like Dropbox or Evernote. We we've got all that. Well. Uh, and that was that was what I wanted to kind of come back to was the file system because mm -hmm. that's probably the most tricky you know that we did a I just did a newsletter on shadow IT you shadow know. IT what does that mean <laughs> what's shadow IT well I didn't I you know it's funny I was like I didn't know what that meant either but it yeah. is 
<laughs> I was like, this is another word like cloud. <laughs> exactly. I'll, but, I'll tell you, shadow IT means somebody using some sort of service or solution without official company policy sanctioning that. Mm-hmm. You think of a sort of like a skunk works project. Yeah. And um, yeah, so tell t- you know, now I've yeah. told what it is. You tell me, tell me, tell me about Shadow IT. Okay, so so you've got. I mean, you mentioned Dropbox. You mentioned Evernote. There, there's SharePoint, which is a eh, you know an online cloud version of that. It's they're they're working their way into it being on the computer. But those things are very useful for working from remote. Um, if you're on a Dropbox, you can work on the files and do whatever you're going to do, even offline, on the plane, save it, and then it gets it gets synced up. But the problem is, you know, when, when people are... It terribly convenient. Yeah, it is terribly convenient. It's terribly inconvenient if the user is using their own Dropbox. Oh, why is that bad? <laughs> because... I I don't have a copy of that as the mm. uh, as the IT department, and I need to get a copy of that. Not because I give one flip about what they have in that document. It is when they say my file has been encrypted, my file is no longer usable. I need you to restore the backup for me. Well, what I would. A, <laughs> yeah. What, what about when um, I was using my own? And let's—I don't want to pick on Dropbox. I think it's mm. a wonderful service. I, I use it. I resell it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am using XYZ. You know, I'm using Brand X file storage uh, solution, mm-hmm. and I can't get my files anymore. Why? Well, I didn't pay my bill. <laughs> so now suddenly, your problem has become my problem. You know, the company's <laughs> problem, right? I've, I've seen that. Um, I've also seen when people were using their personal equipment or personal accounts, um, a laptop got lost or stolen. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly, you know, we have corporate intellectual property falling into who knows whose hands. You got to disable you know? that, Peter. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? Oh. You can't <laughs> do that because it's not my laptop. So yeah. I don't have any way to control that. And uh-huh. I can't restore it because it's your brand X file sharing account, not mine. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I was saying like earlier about VPNs, mm. you know, when you try to go around IT and stuff. And I remember it was um, Robert Scoble. He's a, a popular blogger these mm-hmm. days. I, I never really saw the appeal. I don't understand. But he was bragging one day about all. Oh, we had you know our connection was so slow. We just bypassed IT. We got EVDO cards and used you know mobile <laughs> access. And I was like, you idiot! <laughs> you just completely bypassed company security too. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, um, you know, a lot of people uh, don't understand and don't appreciate it. And you know, business. I got. I got to say. Sometimes business owners and executives are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they feel like they're special. And okay, yes, they are special, but you know, exceptions just for the leader for the C- CEO, uh, those are dangerous mm-hmm. because, you know, you're you're basically saying, you know, do as I say not as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen plenty of times where the owner was going outside, coloring outside the lines, not blurring <laughs> yeah. the lines, completely outside the lines, and they got royally bitten, you know, bit because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> we had uh, one at, <laughs> it was a nonprofit we were dealing with, and the the executive director was on a business trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, got some kind of notification of a pop up and called that phone number for assistance. Awesome. <laughs> gave them his credit card number, the company credit card number, <laughs> and just went down that loop and basically gave these attackers full access to everything. <laughs> now, he, he couldn't have just called their IT support department or company, right? No, mm-hmm. he had to call this 800 number that popped up on his screen. Mm-hmm. But that's an example of you know going outside the lines. Yeah. And um, you know using your personal email is a bad you know example of this using your personal dropbox account using your personal computer or phone or tablet or something without company approval uh, all of these you know short term they may be a win but long term they could result in problems down the road mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't think about that when they roll out these shadow IT <laughs> yeah. yeah well it, you know another solution to that is you know, the users kind of feel like the IT guy is uh, preventing them from working. Mm-hmm. And if you've got, I mean, and if you've legitimately got an IT guy who's preventing you from working, maybe you should consider a different IT guy. Cause, Absolutely. Because the answer in today, the answer needs to be, yes, let me figure out how to keep you safe doing that. Right. Or, <laughs> yes, we can do that. And if we do... These are the consequences that might erupt. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. For here, here's a bad example. For instance, we had a a, a client once, um, and she contacted us and said, "I'm trying to install Adobe Flash Player." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, why do you need it?" She says, "Oh, well, I I, I received a, an online greeting card," <laughs> and I, as evil mean IT guy, said, "How is that related to your job?" You don't need that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, okay. Two weeks later, she called again asking for Flash Player to be installed. <laughs> and I asked, okay, why do you need that? And I don't know if she thought that I would forget or if she forgot that she had run this by me. Already. Yeah. But, but once again, it was, oh, well, I got an e-greeting card. I was like, you don't need that for work. And so then, a few days later, the executive director of this company emailed us and said, please install Flash Player for this person. <laughs> and I told the, the director, I said, you understand this is a bad idea. Right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't need this for work. This is not related. And, and this is what's called an attack vector. It is a threat. It, uh-huh. it, it opens up your computer to possible harm. Not two weeks later, that computer was infected <laughs> with a major virus. Probably from that email. <laughs> I don't know if it was that specific email, but it was it was something that was traditionally and you know normally transferred by Flash-based email attachments. Mm-hmm. I was like, perfect, perfect, right there. There you go. You know, you didn't, you didn't need it, but okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So, yeah. So if you had to work from a tropical island. Mm-hmm. As horrible as it might be, how mm-hmm. would how would you pull it off? Well, depending on where it is, a tropical island, you're probably going to need some sort of mobile, you know, c- cellular connection. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on where in the world you're talking about, that may be more or less practical than, than, let, than other places. We'll say second world, maybe. Almost. Well, I, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, you know, Brazil, I worked, I, I wasn't so much on an island, but I was definitely in the tropics for a good long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was six years ago, and the cellular quality down there was kind of lame. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, for a few months, I was able to remotely uh, run my business. You know, so um, springing the extra money for a good data plan mm-hmm. is is important. Yeah. Um, I've only recently, you know, part of me is frugal. I I try to remain frugal and not be cheap. Mm-hmm. And when I say cheap, I mean in a bad way. Yeah, the penny, penny-wise, penny, pound poor. Penny-wise, yeah. pound foolish, exactly. Mm-hmm. For example, um, if I'm using my cell phone or my iPad on a mobile data plan, it's important that I download this presentation or upload a finished project or do something, you know, whatever. But if I do, I'm going to go over my data cap and it's going to cost me an additional 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. I will now spend that 15 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> And not think about it again. Right. Right. Now, on my normal day-to-day stuff, I'm going to take this into account and think, you know, like, okay, do I need to be wasting all this bandwidth on other stuff? But if you know you're going to be, you know, relying on your phone for some time, then you definitely want to, you know, have adequate data. So, you know, talk with your mobile carrier because most cell phones can act as act as wireless modems for you know laptops and portable devices, or act as a little hotspot. Mm-hmm. See what it's going to cost, and then track your usage. See yeah. what you're actually using. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have AT and T in house, and um, you know we've only gone over our allotted data one time. Um, you know, we turn off a lot of stuff that doesn't need to happen via cell like we turn off things like software updates yeah those don't need to be coming down via those we can wait until we get a wireless connection mm-hmm. um, I turn off things like um, you know like some sort some file synchronization tools and maybe mm-hmm. some backups and stuff so I'm not immediately killing all my bandwidth uh, but once that's done you know I make some room and I plan on spending a little extra for the mobility mm-hmm. and I mean compared to using the garbage Wi-Fi that you find in most hotels, Mm-hmm. You know, a good LTE connection via your cell phone is amazing. Yeah. So, um, so that's one thing I would do. Um, if you're going to be that he- heavily dependent on your phone, uh, make sure that you have um, chargers and spare batteries or battery packs. Because mm-hmm. iPhones, obviously, you can't swap out the battery in most you know cell phones these days. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can have spare battery packs and chargers to recharge these things for. Mm-hmm. And that's a must. Um, have a good plan in case something happens to your phone. That's something <laughs> to consider. Like mm-hmm. what happens when you drop that phone in the ocean on said um, tropical island? <laughs> you know, did you think about that? Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing. Um, you know, when I was down in Brazil, for instance, I had the iPhone 3GS at mm-hmm. the time. And I got that one through AT&T specifically because it had a, a removable SIM card I could use anywhere. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, so I went down to, to Brazil and I picked up a SIM card and I was just buying, you know, paying as I went down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something is, you know, look ahead before you go somewhere. What are the options for your phone? You know, can you actually use this phone where you're going. Are mm-hmm. there carriers that support that type? Are there carriers that you know will support your phone or not? Or do you need to get a new phone while you're there? Do you need to get a short-term data plan? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you want to plan ahead a little bit if you're going to be 
stuck, God forbid, on a tropical <laughs> island for a while. Yeah. Now, so. now, do you use uh, a tablet primarily? I mean, if I would use a, whenever I travel, I take my. I used to do a laptop, but now I take my iPad with a keyboard. It depends on what I do. Um, I did recently, and by recently, I mean I mean last night, just uh, <laughs> write a review on an excellent little mini keyboard, a uh, little Bluetooth keyboard for which is a, just about the same size as the iPad Mini. Mm-hmm. So it's a small thing. Um, it's really cool. It's pretty slick, but I am never nearly as productive on an iPad or a tablet as I am with a real like a full full operating system and a full keyboard. Yeah. That that said, most people if they're, you know, doing some light document editing, emails, surfing the web, maybe online chat or something, they'd be just fine with a mm-hmm. with a tablet. And a keyboard just makes it, you know, makes it even more accessible. Um, that said, if I'm, you know, if I'm going on vacation and I'm not expected to, you know, do any sort of work while I'm there, I'll take an I'll take the iPad mini with me. Mm-hmm. And a cell phone, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going anywhere where I'm planning to work, I will generally take the um, my MacBook Air, the 11 inch, because mm-hmm. um, I've got that. And my other primary piece is a uh, uh, the Surface Pro, the Microsoft mm-hmm. Surface, and that's the, the 13 inch. Um, the portability difference between the 11 and 13 inch, it's you know, it sounds negligible, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so I much rather take the smaller MacBook Air with me when I travel. Well, see, I can't. I can't type on a little keyboard, or I have chosen to not type on a little keyboard, mm-hmm. because uh, I use a Logitech with my iPad, and it's mm-hmm. a the while the keyboard is pretty small, the keys and their spacing are full size, mm. so that I don't have to do different muscle memory mm-hmm. for typing, yep. and I I don't understand why iOS doesn't support a Bluetooth mouse. I don't get that. I mean, I could do. You know, I'm like 95% with mm-hmm. my iPad, but you know, like when I'm in Log Me In, I gotta, yeah. I gotta yeah. move the mouse around to get where yeah. I want to go. And touch I'm like, the screen and drag. And, yeah, that that's that's something I have too. Is like there's a little bit of a disconnect for me when I add the keyboard to a, an iPad. Like I still want a trackpad or a mouse to go with it. Yeah. It just seems a little weird. My my hand doesn't like tapping the screen at the same time. Which is funny though, is because I have a Surface Pro, which is also a touch screen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some you know, I'll get into moods where I'll just start tapping on it and using that instead of the mouse. But I go back and forth. You know, yeah. like right now I've got the touch screen, I've got the trackpad on the keyboard, and I have a genuine old school mouse. Mm-hmm. So no matter what mood I'm in, I'm able to, you know, to, to do to accommodate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It's 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 a little weird sometimes. A, a mouse type device would seem nice in certain circumstances. Yeah, I mean, if they can do a Bluetooth keyboard, I mean, a Bluetooth mouse would be nothing. Yeah, well, the, uh, I guess that's the thing is those the, uh, the 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 operating system doesn't really have the concept of a mouse. It just has a concept of taps. Yeah, you know, it's not programmed to scroll and track a pointer on the screen. It's supposed to register where you're touching the thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So we, one thing that I wanted to mention is uh, working in the office. Yeah. So so we talked about working outside of the office. Is and, that anymore? Yeah. Well, you know, I've seen different things where companies have. Uh, I forget who it was. 
they they just recalled everybody back in. They, everybody's mm-hmm. working in the office. They mm-hmm. took them, let them work from home. They didn't like the productivity, so they brought them in. Yep. Uh, and there are ways to track productivity. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and I like I like for people to be adults. And I say, you know, these things need to be done, and they get them done. And I don't really care how they, you know, I do right. care how they do them. <clears throat> I mean, within the parameters of how we do business is how they need to work on problems but i don't really need i don't really want to care i don't want to micromanage i really don't want to manage but i mean you got to (laughs) manage i like to not manage at all but i did find so my company ran for about six and a half years everybody working from home uh my office manager still works from home she answers the phones and does everything from home and she lives 45 minutes away from where we work so there won't she won't ever as long as she's working with us she'll never work from our office mm-hmm. but when i moved us into the office together um our productivity went up uh almost 200 mm-hmm. percent as far as client revenue and working with clients it went up 200 percent, and i didn't hire another person Mm-hmm. <laughs> just efficiencies and collaboration yep. uh, got better yep. and you know and I'm not I'm not saying I'm one you know I want to move everybody needs to be in the office all the time so what we do now is we do four days a week in the office mm-hmm. and then Friday we get to work from home and it, they have the exact same setup to work at home they take their laptop home and go mm-hmm. um, there may be a point where we move it to where two or three days a week, you know, that we have collaboration days where we're at the office together. And I could see that as kind of a happy medium. The only exception would be when you're onboarding new employees. I mean, how can an employee know the culture if they're not ever around? (laughs) You know, how can I train a new employee? You know, and I thought about, um, I, I hired a new employee last summer and I was considering how do I train them, and I've got my home office here, but I'm going to have this man, or well, when it makes it puts me in a precarious situation where if I'm going to be training somebody in my house to work in my office by my side eight hours a day, do I? Is it a bad situation for me to have a female in the house working with me? Yes, it is. It's a bad <laughs> idea. I mean, it's it's not a uh, you know it's not an employment issue. It's a you know I just wouldn't have a woman in my house with me all day long. <laughs> you know, other than my wife and my kids and maybe other family. You know, it's just it's not proper. You know, it's it's not proper and practical. So I was like, okay, well then I've got a guy here at my house with my teenage daughters all day when I'm out at client meetings. Okay, that's not going to work either. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I was like, if I want to train somebody, I got to have a place to train them. And they, you know. Yeah, so. well, there's, there's a time and place for an office, no question. Yeah. You know, as far as what you're talking about, about the collaboration thing, the way we do that is, um, you know, video conferencing. Mm-hmm. So my, um, my number two guy, I will generally... It's not not uncommon for us to start off the day. Um, you know, we we both log in, start our days around eight thirty or so, mm-hmm. and then usually somewhere between nine and ten, um, we'll start a video call. 
and it's not uncommon for us just to leave it running all day. Oh yeah, I've called you and you're still talking to Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll stay online and you know just keep an open channel the whole time, mm -hmm. and you know that's helpful too because like you know, might overhear something like oh no 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 I took care of that it's good yeah. it's good you know and uh, so that helps it's 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 the next best thing to being in the same room mm -hmm. you know so um, that's um, that that's handy that's how we address that generally mm -hmm. so that's um, a, yeah that's a decent idea. Uh, yeah. Well, I was thinking if you you could have essentially an open hoot with like uh, something like a tablet. I mean, you could like mount the tablet mm -hmm. where it could run all day and you, not affect your computer. Because I don't I don't want a Skype session on my PC all day long. Yeah, no, no, I definitely that's that's why I usually have it's like on the iPad. I'll have a mm -hmm. FaceTime channel open to Sam on there. Um, yeah, I prefer to have my um, audio stuff like for this podcast. I do Skype on the. Um, the the PC just because we're recording it, mm -hmm. uh, but normally I would do it from either the iPhone or the iPad, so it's separate. You know that way, if if it crashes or it starts hogging the the processor <laughs> and stuff like that, it doesn't affect the work that I'm doing. Uh, and the also nice thing too is is if I do need to reboot my computer for some sort of reason, you know I've still got the the communications channel open. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's that's handy. But yeah, you know, get a cheap old little you know old tablet of some sort, throw Skype or some other conferencing solution on it, and just keep an open channel there. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, cool. But then I'd have to put clothes on. Where is that? <laughs> I, just, I just have to put a shirt on. I have to put on pants. That's right. That's right. Just, just keep the camera angled up, and it'll be good. So. All right. How else could we help somebody work from home or work from anywhere? Uh, well, I mean, some sort of remote access policy would be good, you know, defining what is and isn't permitted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what level of support you're going to plan for this. We see constantly people who are like, oh, so-and-so has to be, you know, uh, has a sick child. So he or she needs to stay home today. Yeah. Like, Great. They were never configured for remote access. Yeah. Before, <laughs> you know, we should have looked into that earlier. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so, so, so planning ahead is a big thing. You don't want to wait until you need it to start, you know, this is saying, you need, it's like saying, you know, like, oh, so-and-so needs a car today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, you know, they're just going to run down to Enterprise and rent a car and they, you know, boom, <laughs> problem solved. No, nah, not quite. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't quite work like that. So, um, you know, so some planning ahead as to determining what the requirements are. Uh, is is good. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to work from home, for example, um, how is their home uh, internet? Yeah. You know, is it adequate? Is it going to be? Are you going to be wasting time and money because your IT people are banging their heads? You know, trying to figure out why the connection's so slow, and it's because the connection is so slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you going to? Uh, let them use their own computer, bring their own device, or are you furnishing the you know the thing, mm -hmm. the, the, the laptop or tablet or whatnot? Yeah. Um, you know, so so these are questions you need to think about ahead of time. How's gonna who's gonna pay for it? And I, with very few exceptions, you know, recommend that the company supplies everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was like this. You make it clearly stated out in a policy. This is for you know it's company property it's for company use only it's mm -hmm. not for personal use and i have uh, yeah, I, I worked with a, a hospital one of their transcriptionists had uh, a, was using a computer company property from at, at home 
and uh, her kid had games installed on it. Yeah. And was getting viruses. <laughs> I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> The, the HIPAA people would have a field day with this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I personally like, um, I don't really like the BYOD when it comes, bring your own device when it comes to computers. I'm a little, I'm, I'm much more forgiving on like the tablets because apps seem to be a lot cleaner. You know, your uh, plants versus zombies does not affect my log me in session. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they definitely seem to be sandboxed a lot better. Mhm. You know, yeah. Where with the PC, you know, if if they're using their laptop, it's like I really d- would rather not. <laughs> I'd rather just give you a terminal service or Citrix session. Yep. Get you connected to my server and yep. go Road from access. there. Yep. Mhm. Yep, that's a lot safer way to do it than you know having them installing all your software and actually having their company data on their hardware. Mm-hmm. Much better. You said you're using the Amazon Web Services. How are you? Are you doing terminal services on there? Or are you providing like a cloud service? Uh, we're not actually pr- providing those services. We're configuring them for clients. Okay. So, um, you know, like spinning up, um, there's a video production company we work with, and we're going to uh, set them up to use their transcoding services, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also, uh, there's a startup we're developing, and their entire infrastructure is going to be based in Amazon Web Services. Cool. So that uh, the whole, you know, the, the site, the whole front-end, back-end solution is going to be there, and it's just so robust and scalable and fault tolerant, and you say it's it's buzzword compliant. It is buzzword compliant. It I like has that. All the buzzwords. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna describe my com- company. We're buzzword yeah. compliant. Buzzword compliant. What do you want? You want HIPAA compliance? We've got we, that. <laughs> yeah. is, it, does it, is it is it cloud compliant? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've got it. Uh, we've got a law office that we've got hosted in Amazon Web Services. And while the VPN was very difficult to figure out, uh, once I got it set up, it's worked flawlessly. Um, and I, it's with a sonic wall. I know. I know. I, I just felt you cringe. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt Sophos get angry. <laughs> but I felt that. Yeah, I yeah, felt it. Wasn't just me. It's yeah. disturbance in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> A million voices cried out in pain. <laughs> so, but yeah, the the Amazon Web Services, the VPN was difficult to figure out and difficult to set up, uh, but it has worked flawlessly. Uh, and they're using uh, SoftPro. I don't know if you've done much in the way of law offices, but it's their, you know, I don't even know exactly what it does, but it helps them do their job. Right, case um, management kind of thing. Yeah, time yeah, and billing I, and case management, or just yeah, and I think it's for the the real real estate part of their practice. Oh, so it's probably mostly document management stuff then. Yeah, uh, but we've got them connected with the VPN tunnel, but they they do terminal services right into that server, and it allows us to let them use lesser devices and lesser computers than they would have if they yep. had to had to run them. Uh, last night, I was having a chat with a friend of mine uh, who works for a large insurance firm. And, uh, you know, like a, a 
carrier, not a not mm-hmm. an agency. And he says, "I'm getting a virtual machine." And awesome. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, he, he says, "I was like, okay." And he says, "Well, some some guy keeps on sending me 600 megabyte Excel files, and my <laughs> my machine is 32 bit, so I can't." you know, uh, can't get it. So they're giving me a 64 bit virtual machine. Now, if that sounds too technical for you, um, what that means is essentially it, it, it can access a lot bigger files. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, I said, but dude, that won't work because if you have a 32 bit computer, you can't magically just tell it to run 64 bit code. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like saying I'm going to call my Toyota Corolla a dump truck. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly it will be able to haul 10 tons of, of rocks. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it turns out, and you know, after I talked a little bit about it, he said, I don't know, I just click on a link and I get, the, I get access to it. Ah, so it was a cloud service. <laughs> Right, so it was you know essentially the 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 company provisioned a virtual desktop for him mm-hmm. somewhere else, and so that's that's what he did there. So mm-hmm. he was able to now he can open these six hundred megabyte Excel documents. Nice. So yeah, nice. Well, and that's that's really good. That allows them to send all their traffic, and it's going to be a lot faster for him. So like if if you and yeah. I were working together i mean you may be working somewhere else so you well like if you and i worked in the same corporation and these servers were both connected to them i could drop a file on the corporate server and tell you okay peter open it up and you would open it up instantly just like because we it's not like we are there we literally are there yeah yeah. and he doesn't have to wait for that 600 megabyte excel file to download to his machine to open it Mm -hmm. it's they're they're logically and and likely physically speaking they're in close proximity so they can it's it's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. so that's cool. Well, I don't think there's anything. Well, I'm sure there's something else, but I yeah. can't think of anything I'm, else there's now. There's <laughs> now. And of course, you know, shameless plug. I would be remiss if we didn't point <laughs> out that obviously Adam and I deploy and you know sometimes sell these sorts of solutions to these mm-hmm. problems that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you did have any questions, you know, we'd be happy to talk to you about it. No obligation. But, yep. um, you know, this isn't a sales pitch by any stretch. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, All thank right. you, Peter. Hey, fun as always. Yep. Take care. You too. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.